Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Colin, for the past three weeks, we've been looking closely at the whole subject of the kingdom of God and how Jesus taught the people about the kingdom. We're going to spend another week. We're going to switch from Matthew to Luke's gospel and look at the story of the Good Samaritan, so familiar on the face of it. Yes, very familiar and just as well because it's a wonderful parable. Um, But of course, the trouble is when things are very familiar, we tend not to take notice of them in the way that uh, we ought to. We've seen that the parables of the kingdom are of two distinct kinds. Uh, Those that talk about the present reality of the kingdom as Jesus has come with the good news, the gospel of the kingdom. He has made it possible for people to enter into the kingdom and to receive the gift of the kingdom now. But then there is also the teaching that Jesus gave and the parables that he gave about the future fulfillment of the kingdom, what will happen when Jesus comes again in triumph and in glory. And there are some parables that span uh, both. There's a a present element and a future element. And as we've looked at parables, we've seen which of these two categories uh, each falls into. Now, this parable of the Good Samaritan uh, is very much in the present. What it means to live the life of God's kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God while we're here on earth. Very, very practical. But then in the New Testament, love is very practical. The agape love of God is love that is worked out in practice, in action. It's not emotion, it's not feelings, it is love in action. And this parable is all about love in action. Now, interestingly, it is given in response to a question. Uh, If we look at verse 25 of Luke 10, we read, On one occasion an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, that's a question which, of course, is relevant for everybody. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Um, There's a misapplication, really, of the gospel, which causes people to think, I don't have to do anything. Uh, God's kingdom is a gift to me in response to faith. Uh, what is there left for me to do? And uh, so, of course, we have the teaching, uh, quite rightly, that salvation is a gift of God by his grace. We can't do anything to earn that gift. But there's another question we need to ask, you see. What must we do to inherit the fullness of the kingdom that God wants to be ours? Do we just receive the gift of the kingdom and then do nothing? And the answer that Jesus gives in in the New Testament is clearly, no, you don't do nothing. You actually live the life of the kingdom here on earth, which is why he taught us to pray, may your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
So having received the life of the kingdom, the gift of the kingdom, when we enter into salvation, we are then obligated, really, to live the life of the kingdom here on earth. And you remember Paul said that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. God has given to believers the life of the Holy Spirit, the life of God himself, to enable us to live the life of the kingdom here on earth. Now, what does that mean? Well, it's very practical. First of all, Jesus answers this um, expert in the law, what is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? And the man answers, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, now, if we want to inherit eternal life, in other words, if we want to go to heaven, uh, this is something that Jesus is saying we have to do because he responds to the man, you have answered correctly. So, yes, we are saved by grace. Yes, the the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is a gift. But having received that gift, we are then to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, strength. Before you are saved, that's impossible. You cannot do it by your own effort. But because the Holy Spirit has come to live within us, we are able to love God if we so choose to do. But you see, the agape love of God, because it's love in action, uh, is directed at our will. You have to choose to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And so Jesus replies to this man, well, do this and you will live, meaning you will live forever. You will have um, an eternal relationship with God. So is something that we have to do. But then Jesus says there's a second part to the commandment. You are to love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus says to the man, yeah, you've answered correctly. If you want to inherit life, you must love God and you must love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is something you have to do. This is God appealing to the will. This is agape love. The love of God is directed at the will. You have to choose to do these things. Do this and you will live. You will live forever. You will have eternal life with God. Now, the man wants to justify himself because it's one thing to know what the will of God is. It's another thing to do it. So he asks Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And in response to that question, Jesus gives this parable of the Good Samaritan. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hand of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now, this is symptomatic of what the world can do to us. The world is not full of the love of God. The world is full of selfishness, of violence, of all kinds of ungodly things, because the scripture teaches us the whole world is under the power of the evil one. So in the world, evil things happen to us, whether we are Christians or non-Christians. Then Jesus continues with the parable. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. So here were two people that came from really the religious classes, people who, to whom religion was important. Let me put it that way. But you see, religion that is not expressed in outward action to God is useless and hypocritical. So Jesus continues, but a Samaritan, 
Now remember, a Samaritan was someone who was really regarded as an outcast of society by a good Jew. They avoided Samaritans. They didn't want anything to do with them. Um, actually, to a Jew, a Samaritan was a heretic, really. So they wanted to avoid them. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Then Jesus asked this question. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So what's the parable all about? That you don't love a person unless you do love, unless you put love into action. That love for God Love for others is not an emotion. It's not uh, even just a desire or a thought that I ought to. Compassion in the New Testament is not feeling sorry for people, but because you are moved with compassion, you do something. So uh, perhaps the priest and the Levite looked at the man and felt sorry for him, but they didn't do anything. So to Jesus, it's important that you express the love of God in what you do. You express the love of the kingdom of God. You express the present reality of the kingdom of God by what you do. Now, there's a danger here because, you see, there are some people misapplying that, saying, right, I've got to earn my way into the kingdom by what I do wrong. The kingdom of God is a gift, but it's a gift that leads to action, that you live the life of the kingdom here in practice. And that means that you love others in practice, that actually you can only really love God by loving other people, which is why John says in his first epistle, if anyone says, I love God, but he does not love his brother, who he does see, then he is deceived. The truth is not in him. He's a liar. So uh, he goes on to say, if you love God, you will love your brother also. You will love those you do see. If, if you say you love God who you do not see, then that's only real if you love those who you do see. So it isn't that these actions cause us to be saved, but they're the actions we do because we have been saved. It isn't the actions that bring us into relationship with God. These actions of love are what we do because we are in relationship with God. We cannot earn our place in the kingdom of God by what we do. But if we really belong to the kingdom, then we demonstrate that by the things that we do. And Jesus was very adamant about this. Uh, he said that, those who belong to him, those who are branches in the true vine, will actually bear fruit. And you bear fruit by the things that you do. You've been listening to Faith for Today, presented by Julia Fisher. This program is sponsored by Kingdom Faith. For further information, visit our website, kingdomfaith.com. 